breathing in air the fake ain't phony they're just seeing impaired because you believe what you see or believe what ain't there the real world is twisted and to me it ain't fair because greedy people seem welcome to the voices in my head the intro and outro music is west and coast by the high council you can check them out on soundcloud Welcome back. If you've been enjoying my podcast and YouTube channel, please hit that like and subscribe button. Really appreciate it. Came across an interesting article on freethoughtproject.com. Now, I love Free Thought Project. They have some very good libertarian type of articles, and that's more of their viewpoint, their worldview. And I came across this article, and I'm still trying to process exactly what I think about this or how I feel about this. Let's get into this. The article is dated July 25th, 2023. The headline is Innocent Woman Facing Life in prison for legally purchasing Kratom, Kratom, not sure how to pronounce that, and driving 200 feet into Alabama. Her bail was originally set at $1 million for driving just 200 feet away from where she purchased the Kratom legally. Now, I think the headline's a little misleading. At least she's presumed innocent. And then a court of her peers or a judge will decide whether that presumed innocent stands or whether it change to guilty. So let's get into exactly what this is. Now, I didn't know what Kratom was until I saw this. So I'm going to jump over real quick. It, it seems like it's a tea or some type of, it's part of the coffee family and it can be a narcotic and it has some different effects on your body that you can feel different things about it. So basically it's a drug and it's a new drug. So a lot of states ever don't even know about or haven't done anything about it. Other states have said it's a class one narcotic. So it's a equivalent to heroin, heroin and cocaine and a lot of the other harder drugs. Let's get into the article and we can see exactly what happened to this young lady. In a disgusting display of what's fundamentally wrong with America's drug war, Shania Brown, an entirely innocent woman who harmed no one, finds herself locked up behind bars, slapped with an egregious $1 million bail, later lowered to a still absurdly high $250,000, all for the mere possession of a plant she bought legally just 200 feet away from where she was arrested. The plant in question? Kratom, a botanical supplement that has been vilified by a select few states and the federal government, despite it being perfectly legal in the majority of the U.S., including where Brown had initially bought it. It is also extremely safe when consumed properly. Now, this sounds like how we describe marijuana. Many states have legalized marijuana. The federal government has not legalized it, and there are still states that it is illegal, even though most states will not arrest you for it. They may give you a ticket, or most cops so like, I ain't even bothering with it. If you have a blunt or a one joint they find on you. Now, if you, they find several pounds, then they're thinking drug dealer. They may come down on you a little bit harder. And it's the same concept with marijuana, at least in my opinion, that if my state, it is legal, I have to know what other states it is legal, especially if I'm traveling with it. And if I am traveling with it, I'm traveling through a state where it is not legal. I need to make sure it is very secure and hidden to where if they search my vehicle, they're not going to find it. So right off there, I'm having a little bit of problems with what they're saying. Personally, I think all drugs should be legal. I am very libertarian on that. If you want to smoke crack, smoke crack. If you want to do fentanyl, do fentanyl. I don't care. The only time I care is that you're so hooked on it, you can't work. And now you want social services, which means you want me to pay you so you can do drugs. No, 
I'm against that. But if you just want to do drugs, I don't care. So let's get back to the article. To show just how insidious the state's war on Kratom actually is, we compare some of the recent bail amounts in Escambia County, which is in Alabama, to Shania's case. Folks with crimes like strangulation, assault, battery, murder, and sexual abuse all have lower bonds than Shania. Now, I agree with that. The war on drugs, which I really think was promulgated by Ronald Reagan, and I think that's one of the couple of the few things that he's done terrible, and that was one of them, this whole war on drugs, just say no against drugs, and then we find out the CIA is actually flying in drugs to fund their black projects outside uh, the scope in the watching eye of Congress, that many states have done this zero tolerance, where if you get any amount of drugs, or even just a small amount of marijuana, you can get huge federal sentences. I think that's BS. If they're nonviolent crimes, I don't think people should be in jail. And some states, especially more on the conservative states like Alabama, they come down hard on drugs. And I have no problems with them doing it, but at least come down hard on the dealers or the transporters, the users. I got personal use slap on the wrist, guys. Come on. That's just a slap on the wrist. At least that's what I'm thinking. Back to the article. According to local law enforcement, the arrest happened in the dead of night on April 1st, 2023, after Brown crossed over the unmarked state line from Florida, where Kratom is legal, into Alabama, where it is not. Now, first of all, the fact that it's unmarked or not is irrelevant because I conceal carry and I carry with me. If I am driving across several state lines or even if I am close to my border, I have to know what state I may travel into because my concealed carry permit may not be legal in that state. And I have to be aware of this. This is just common sense, especially if I am living right on the border of another state. What is legal? Where do I exactly cross into one state versus staying in my state? Now, I live in the middle of my state. Very rarely do I even come close to the state line, so I don't worry about it. But if I live in a city and I've seen cities, I think um, there's one city up in Tennessee, and I'm drawing a blank on it, that half the city is in Tennessee, the other half is in Virginia. And there's actually a line down the middle. And there's buildings that are on one half or the other. And I remember during Prohibition, they would sell alcohol on one side because no one, the cops weren't doing something on one side. But on the other side, the sheriff was actively going after the, the moonshine. It, or you had crazy stuff like that. Or there was times where one side of the state had a sunshine law where you couldn't sell alcohol on Sundays and the other one did. And the bar would just, well, you got to sit on the that side that the state allows it. When you're on a border state or you're on the border of two states, you have to be aware of what you're doing, especially if you're carrying or if one state allows marijuana and the other doesn't. I know a lot of people have traveled to states to buy fireworks where their state doesn't allow legal sale of fireworks, but others do. Well, then you just have to be careful bringing it back. So back to the article. For those who may not be aware, Kratom is ground up tea leaves that are consumed by millions worldwide for its therapeutic benefits. Shia's mistake, unknowingly bringing it into a state that has criminalized it. Well, cocaine is come from the cocoa leaves. I mean, a lot of our drugs come from natural plants. So to say that it was just a tea, I can make tea out of marijuana. I can smoke marijuana just the same way I can smoke tobacco. So just because it is, quote, tea leaves, I think they're misrepresenting it. At the same time, I'm on her side. She shouldn't be charged. Drugs should be legal. I'm just still trying to process whether she did something wrong or didn't. 
And obviously she's arrested. So she did something wrong, or at least she's being accused of doing something wrong. And now she has to defend herself and the state has to prove their case. And I think they do have a pretty open and shut case on this. Now, and if she hires a good attorney, they can argue whether the stop was legal, whether the search was legal. I mean, they're going to argue all the technicalities of it. They are, I don't think they are going to try to argue that Cray Tom should be legal when the state legislature and the governor says it should be illegal. And they, through due process, through the normal legal process of Alabama, they passed a law to, to declare it a class one drug and has the associate penalties of a class one drug. Let's get back. Now, Brown faces the grim reality of the drug war in America. A plant purchase legally turns into a schedule one substance the moment she crosses the imaginary lawn drawn on a map, transferring her in the eyes of Alabama law from a law-abiding citizen to a felon with potential charges carrying a sentence of 10 years to life in prison. Yes, that's marijuana. That is my gun. My gun is legal in my state, but if I cross over to a state line that, a bordering state line that does not allow me to legally carry that gun and maybe have more restrictive or do not re- do not recognize my concealed handgun permit, I have to abide by that state rules. My brother was telling me he was traveling. I forget what state he was had to drive through, but that state required him to, number one, he had to take the magazine out of his gun, separate the bullets from the magazine, and store them in separate parts of the car or some crazy thing like that. And as a responsible gun owner, concealed carry permit holder, he researched what states he was going to drive through and what he had to do to stay legal and not go to jail. Let's get back. The charges are shocking, especially considering Shania's history of minor offenses, a solitary speeding ticket, and a cold check written in 2014 for under $500. So she has a normal history. I mean, I've had speeding tickets and never wrote a bad check, but I'm assuming a cold check is you wrote it on a closed bank account. And I have actually have done that. It was unintentionally. My bank merged and the regulators made them split off and I got split off to a new bank that I didn't really want to be part of. I went back to my original bank under that name, opened a new account. I had a handyman over. I grabbed my checkbook and it was for the bank, but it was under the previous old account that got closed. And I accidentally wrote him a check. On account was closed. He called me up a few days later and said, hey, this check got returned and I had to pay his fee and I paid him in cash and I told him what happened. I, I was very embarrassed. I apologize. I had to throw out that checkbook so I'd make sure I did not get confused because the checkbooks had the same bank name on them. Just that through the transfer, that old account was closed. So I have done that. Now, I don't know whether she did that on purpose or was accident like me, but still, these are minor mistakes. And let's get back. A woman who isn't a hardened criminal is now facing the prospect of losing years of her life all for unknowingly trafficking tea powder in Alabama. What's most chilling about these proceedings is the manner in which they are carried out. Juries are informed that the defendants are charged with possession of trafficking of a Schedule 1 substance, but they are not told that this substance is Kratom. This omission paints an unfair picture, aligning defendants like Shania with the likes of hardened criminals involved in the trade for far more dangerous and illicit substance like fentanyl. That is a valid argument, and I just challenge anybody to look up jury nullification and to be an, an aware juror that if you ever get called to jury duty, when they say 
that this person's being charged with the Schedule 1 substance, I would want to know what that substance is, because then I can make an informed decision whether I think that person is guilty. And jury notification allows people to say, yes, I know you technically broke the law, but we're not going to find you guilty. That is going back, I think, 150 years back when slave owners tried to get states to return slaves where they went to a free state, but they had laws that said that if the slave came from a slave state, it had to be the slave had to be returned to his or her owner. And juries were like, no, we don't care what the law is. We're not sending another human being back to be a slave in another state. So we're going to find this person not guilty. And that's jury notification. It's, it's been around almost as long as America's been around. And if I'm sitting on a jury and they're just only going to tell me a Schedule 1 substance and not tell me what that Schedule 1 substance is, I am going to be questioning because they could define marijuana as a Schedule 1. And also, I want to know how much did they have? Or are they just using personal use or is it trafficking or distribution? Back to the article. For many following this case, it's become a stark reminder that our war on drugs isn't about keeping communities safe. Instead, it's an instrument of cruelty that imprisons people over plants, in this case, Kratom, that has retained legally just a stone's throw away. And it's not just Shania who's in jeopardy, but anyone who unknowingly crosses the unmarked border with some ground up tea leaves in their possession. I don't like the, the rhetoric behind that because you have to be aware of your surroundings. You have to understand if you cross in a different state. Once again, that is her fault. It could have been an honest mistake, but you still have to be aware. And anybody that does marijuana and goes to a state where it is legal, they have to be aware of where they are traveling and are they going to go through a state where they crack down on marijuana or is it just a slap on the wrist or they just don't even care even though it's technically not legal. You have to be aware of this. Continuing, Brown's case isn't an isolated incident, but rather is testament to the broader failure of the war on drugs. Despite mounting evidence that punitive measures are ineffective and damaging, these measures remain deeply ingrained in the legal system, wreaking havoc on countless lives. It's a heartbreaking example of how laws designed to protect can in reality perpetuate injustice. Now, I agree with that 100%, which is why if I ever get caught on jury duty, I'm going to be asking these questions and I understand jury notification and I will use it. Even I'm, ju- I'm just the one odd man out that refuses to find the person guilty and it leads to a hung jury. I'm not going to send anybody to, to jail on drugs, especially personal use. Now, if they're dealing, uh, that's that maybe a different story. If they're transporting, yeah, maybe it's a different story. But once again, I want to know exactly what were they transporting. If they're transporting marijuana or just selling marijuana, uh, I'm going to have a tough time with that. Crack, meth, fentanyl, eh, I'm probably leaning I may. If they are truly guilty, I probably would go along with that. But again, I don't know. I, I'm going to be more on, I'd rather err on the side of caution and go along with my libertarian views that all drugs should be legal. And then it continues on that they have a GoFundMe account for her and I actually have this pulled up and see how much they raised. They almost raised $10,000. They're trying to get $30,000 to actually get a competent legal representation because she is using a public defender and they have so much time to request certain processes within the legal system or she loses them. I'm going to get into that real quick here. Moreover, peculiarities exist within Alabama's legal system that compound Shania's predicament. In Escambia County, the arrestee must request a preliminary hearing within 30 days or they risk not getting a hearing at all. Unfortunately, Shania's public defender has yet to request a crucial preliminary hearing, nor has he filed for new bail hearings in a timely manner. And this is the problem with public defenders. They're overworked. They're struggling to just carry the cases they have. And their main job is to plea bargain. 
bargain. That, that's my opinion. I know there are a lot of good attorneys working as public defenders. They're wonderful. I think everybody needs legal representation. If you can't afford it, at the same time, you get what you pay for. If you get something free, that's what you're going to get. And then it gets into that some states have not done anything. Some have made it legal. And Alabama is one that's actually cracked down on it. It's a sad situation, which my libertarian views, all drugs should be legal. She shouldn't be in jail, especially for personal use. If you want to smoke crack, smoke crack. If you want to smoke meth, smoke meth. If you want to snort cocaine, if you want to sell your body on the street, I don't care. As long as you're not harming anybody, do what you want. I wish more states would have that perception about this. Jails are overcrowded. Keep them for the violent criminals. Keep them for the people that are invading people's homes, raping people, doing things with children that they shouldn't be doing. Put those people away. Those that do not deserve to live within society are unable to live within society. This young lady seems like she can live within society. Hopefully, if she is found guilty, she gets slapped with probation or parole or community service, especially given this her first offense. Hopefully, they will go light on her or the judge will, and we'll just have to see how this turns out. Very interesting because I never heard of this drug before. And at the same time, I think all drugs should be legal. And it's sad that she did this, but at the same time, people have to be aware of what they're doing and where they're at. And if they're buying a drug, you need to be aware if you cross over state lines. At least these are just my opinions. Thanks for listening. I could run the whole block just from walking the line. Pocket is prime. These are the thoughts of my mind. And I'm a straight rider, never stopping the sign. And I'm only slowing down if I'm stopping the sign. Six figures on the check before I'm jotting the line. It goes one for the money, two for the clothes, three for the honeys, and a four for the flows. Five O's and six.